Do you ever wish things in life would go a lot faster? For us here at your Manchester, it's the wait until we get some warmer weather in the north. Oh, and the wait between seasons of hacks. We wouldn't mind speeding through the washing up either. Do you know what else is better when it goes faster? Your broadband. And luckily for us Mancunians, Talk Talk's Future Fibre is now here in Manchester. And with speeds up to a whopping 900 megabits per second, it's fast enough to handle anything you can throw at it. And it's great Talk Talk value too. Whilst it might not do the washing up for you when it comes to downloading our podcast or booking tickets to see the latest plays here in Manchester, then ultra-fast and ultra-reliable broadband using the latest technology is just what you need. To find out more, search Talk Talk Future Fibre, subject to local availability. Good evening to each and every one who... That was a very, very good intro, wasn't it? Oh, do you know what? Do you know what? I was expecting the film to start. Uh, How are we all doing? And welcome to this week's episode of Your Manchester with me, Miss Belinda Scandal, and the one, the only... I'm going to say I'm Lando Caroline Carizian. Joining us on the sofa today is our uh, our lovely, lovely Hayley. How are you, Flower? I'm all right. How are you? I mean, we're looking forward to your VT today because we're introducing a very special new guest... We to are. our yeah. show and a new family member to you, aren't yeah. we? And we don't want to really give any more away than that, really, do we? No. no. Anyway, may the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you as well. Our very first guest does join us in studio now. His name is Adam Davis, and he joins us to talk about the enigma of the Casper Hauser. Uh, I mean, this, for people that don't know, first of all, Casper Hauser. Describe him. Who is he? Uh, well, he was a lad who turned up in uh, 1828 in uh, Nuremberg in Bavaria, what we know as uh, Germany. And um, he was holding uh, religious pamphlets and a note. And on this note, um, his captor, we later find out who's his captor, basically said his mother has given him to me uh, when he was a young boy and I've kept him trapped in a room and he doesn't know who I am. If you don't need him, knock him on the head or hang him up. And he could say only one thing, which is, I want to be a writer like my father was, and he could write his name, Caspar Helzer. And when he learned how to speak, he told everyone, and he wrote an autobiography, and he told everyone he, uh, he'd been kept prisoner in a cell dungeon in the darkened space, near sensory deprivation, mm-hmm. um, for around 16 years. Wow. And he was only 16, 17 years when he turned up. 
Wow. And he, you know, he was only around for five years. He was a victim of a few brutal attacks, uh, one a year after he emerged, and then five years later, and then and then he passed away. So we should say this is being turned into a, a, a production yeah. for the Lowry, which yeah, is going to be on the 20th and 21st of May. So how do you take a story as dark as that and realise it for the stage? Well, I mean, one of the things that we've done is liberate ourselves from trying to tell the full epic story, that full narrative of that five years. Um, so we've been playing around with it for about five years and we've focused in on a few areas of Casper's life that we find particularly interesting. In particular, like the people around him that affected him, and in particular, the villains, the so-called villains of the piece, the mm. bad people piece, the people that have been um, written about um, in various ways of uh, they're guilty of torturing him with uh, certain educational practices or um, yeah, certain of abuses uh, while he was in their care. So we've chosen to center it around their lives instead of trying to like do the whole thing. Otherwise, it'd be about five to six hours long. So. And, and the thing, the thing that I. Um... Because I, I read a little bit about it, and I did not realise it was a true story. You know, you hear all these different stories that many, many people have been kept captive by yeah. other people. It's just, it's just absolutely horrendous. When I've looked, you've, you've been doing this what for three, four years, or even more. Yeah, well, we started off with looking into feral children back in 2017, and then I would say about 2018, that's when I stumbled across his name. Mm. And I remember I'd watched a film about him previously by Werner Herzog, which is ah, right. The Enigma of Caspar Hauser, that film. And um, I just couldn't get him out of my head. Well, so, uh, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with your interpretation of the story because it looks like dance yeah you know yeah. it's just beautiful the way you where you move sir yeah thank you yeah <laughs> well the pandemic's not been too kind to me I, I keep i still you know keep trying to move and stuff and um we come from a tradition that is i would say like european practice um so more primarily with the body bias mm -hmm. uh but through song as well. So mm -hmm. song is a really important part of this. Sound is a really part, important part of this. Mm -hmm. One of the most fascinating parts of his life was that he had this these incredible sensory abilities. Mm -hmm. Like he had this strong magnetism. He could sense a needle under a tablecloth. He could sense someone walking behind him from 100 paces. If they held up his hand, he could tell you when they've done it without looking. He could smell a type of berry from a tree 100 paces away. Wow. He had this incredible ability. So the senses for us was a bit of a, a bit of an inroad for us. Mm. So we've been starting to pull out all of the sensory activation for the audience. Mm. And you get that even before you enter the piece, um, you get an access into the... So is this why... Uh, Anamiki, Anamiki, that's thank the one. you. Theatre is doing so much for for people, you know, with such as the the, the play days and the workshops and the you yeah. know the, the special access shows and everything. Yeah, is that why it's right. so important? Yeah, every show we're doing is accessible for learning disabled audiences for people with visual visual impairments. Um, we've been working with an access champion called Vicky Ackroyd, and I met her a good couple of years ago through my wife, um, and um, she works with Mind the Gap in Bradford, which is Europe's biggest learned disabled led. Yes, I've done some work with Mind the Gap. Academy. Yeah. A, a beautiful company. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, and she encouraged us to go beyond researching with learned disabled artists because that was the original plan. Mm. It was just, you know, complete, uh, um, just completely focused in research. And she said, you know, 
why don't you hire a learning disabled actor? So we, we ran these play days last year, invited a couple of artists from Mind the Gap to join in. Hired Paul Bates, who's an incredible talent, mm. who's going to be playing uh, Judge Anselm von Feuerbach, which is uh, the sort of um, mentor and guide of Casper, which is great because he's, he's so pure and innocent. Mm. Yeah. He's actually the closest we have to Casper in the piece, really, in that mm. sense of like that joy and purity that he brings to the piece. So I suppose to round this up, why should people want to watch the show? Why should people come watch the show? Well, I mean... The only, the only reason I can say that I would want to watch it is because, you know, I love good drama. I love good character studies. And you won't, I don't think you'll find a better character study than Casper, but not only Casper, the people around him, because he attracted, he attracted such interesting people. Mm. I mean, you've got to ask yourself, when someone like that turns up in a square in Nuremberg, out of obscurity, mm. the type of people that really want to take him in, yeah, really want to be a part of his life. So we really start to like turn the screw on that. Yeah. It sounds fascinating. Uh, it just say, of course, content warnings is it's got nudity and it's got blood and strong language. One for the family or not? I'd say plus sixteen. Plus sixteen. I think you'd be. I think you'd be okay. Okay then. Right. Then. So, well, that's on at the uh, the studio at the Lowry, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And that's on on the twenty first to the twenty. Sorry, the twentieth to the twenty first of May. Uh, tickets are available now by going to the Lowry's website. In the meantime, thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Right then, Hayley, this is going to be funny for you now. You're actually watching yourself as we see what you've been watching this week on The Box. Hi, I'm Hayley and welcome to this week's On The Box. This is Poppy and Poppy's been part of our family for just under a week now. She's 11 weeks old and I have to say, I haven't been really able to watch a lot of telly for my viewing pleasure, but I have been having on dog TV on YouTube in the living room. And if you've got a pet, a dog or even a cat actually, because my cat likes it as well, it's dead relaxing for them and they'll go to sleep when you need them to. And also, to be honest, I find it quite therapeutic as well. We do, don't we? We do. And there's lots of um, birds on there as well, isn't there, Poppy? Yeah. Um, I have actually started the series Heartstopper. That's about Charlie and Nick, and they are navigating their love life. That is on Netflix. It's an LGBT drama. And also, um, Davina McCall's next documentary, um, which is Sex, Mind, and the Menopause. If you didn't catch it on Channel 4, it's available on all four. Do watch that. I think it's really important. Um, also, Stillwater, a film, which is on Sky. That's about a father who's trying to get his daughter out of a French prison. And of course... Do stay tuned to those cobbles because it's all about Toya and Imran and their nuptials. Well, that's it from me and that's it from Poppy. We will see you next time. And remember, stronger together. Bye. It's Joe Britton in your sculpting coach for another minute of mojo and in this one, if you have a goal to achieve or maybe you've got a problem or a challenge that you need to overcome and you're a little bit stuck and don't know what to do then i'm going to show you three fun ways that are going to help unlock a part of your brain that's going to help you now when we need to get creative when we have a problem that we want to solve or when we want to harness more motivation then we actually need to use this part of your brain it's called your prefrontal cortex and i have a nickname for that part of your brain and it is your inner einstein genius 
So how do you unlock in? There are a few fun ways that um, you can do this where you can shift some of your resources to this part of your brain. So number one, try writing your name or a sentence on a piece of paper using your non-dominant hand. Maybe climb the stairs with your non-dominant leg or stir your cooking with your non-dominant hand. All of these things mean that Einstein wakes up in this part of your brain and he goes, ooh, that's interesting and novel. And that's what this part of your brain really enjoys. So give it a go next time you're stuck and you have things you want to achieve and you don't know which way to go. Start unlocking your inner Einstein genius. I'll be back next time for another minute of Mojo. In the meantime, you can come and connect with me on my Instagram page, joebritton.mojo for more motivation and mojo fueling tip. Well, our next jo guest, Joe, that was a word. Einstein is kicking in. Our next guest joins us right here now in studio. His name is Callum, and he's doing something very, very special. Welcome, Callum. How are you? You're in your running gear. I'm guessing you're yeah. running. I've come straight from a run. Straight from a run. Have I yet? No. <laughs> but you are doing a run, though, aren't you? I am doing a run. Now, you're running how far and for whom? 10 kilometres. Yes. 22nd of May. LGBT Foundation. And how fast are you hoping to do that 10k in? I've done a few in the past. Yeah. About 56 or 7 minutes. Oh. So if I can do that, I'll be a bit faster. That's good, isn't ah, it? I'll be, I'll be pleased. Um, so you're doing this for the LGBT Foundation. Why is it such a, a passion project for you to run for them? I mean, so, I mean, obviously, member of the LGBT plus community. Um, I've used their services in the past and they've been such a sort of important part of my journey of accepting my own sexuality and all of that sort of stuff um and i think they just you know they campaign on some fantastic issues in in greater manchester so you know things like conversion therapy for example and uh, and some of the great things that happen uh, in in the local area so they ju it just feels like the, the the right sort of charity to to want to run for i guess so you're you're coming out was it easy was it not easy for you it was a funny one really so i'm from wigan it wasn't horrible but it you know, it's all about visibility, isn't it? When you've got people around you that you see yourself in, then it, it makes it easier. But growing up, it wasn't really like that, I guess, from from where I'm from. So it, I only sort of came out in my early 20s when I went to uni and, you know, you start going out and seeing people. And... Mm. How long have you been, like, properly running for? I mean, we all run, but I mean... Well... Do you know what? I, I lost quite a lot of weight a couple of years back. Right. And from that point onwards, I just really, sort of really got into my fitness. I, I go sometimes... I mean, I'm not going to pretend I'm some sort of gym buff because I'm not. We were telling the LGBT Foundation that you were coming on this week mm. and uh, we've been given a little message from somebody for you. Have a look at this. Hello, my name is Paul Martin. My pronouns are he and him. And I'm the Chief Executive of LGBT Foundation. And I'm uh, giving a massive thank you message to Callum, who I understand is running... Uh, a 10k for LGBT Foundation. Thank you so much, uh, Callum. We really, really appreciate all of your support and your dedication. And just to let you know, we've got your back. We've still got it. Thanks, love. Run like the wind. Take care. Bye. Uh, oh, how sweet and lovely. I mean, yeah. The LGBT Foundation. It's it's well known, but it's not well known enough that people understand exactly what they do for so many people. It's quite, you've dealt with them, haven't you? Yeah, I've raised money for them, um, I've volunteered for them, yeah. 
So if you go to the Just Giving page, everybody, and then you've got Callum Hyphen's how to pronounce his name, that's why I've avoided Stritchin. it. Stritchin. Stritchin. Simple Stritchin. as that. I've no idea where it's from. No, oh. It's not from Wigan, I know that one. Stritchin. <laughs> and uh, donate as much as possibly can to help um, this gentleman run 10K in less than 50, 51 minutes, I'm challenging you. 51? Yeah. <gasps> challenging oh. you. Yeah. 22nd of May. 22nd of May. And where is it you run? It's all through Manchester City Centre. So, yeah. I can, I can get a nice pie yeah. and sit on the side. Oh, yes, we haven't mentioned that, have we? We should have mentioned that at the top of the show. We've been nominated for an award, everybody. Now, you know all about these awards, Caroline Wyatt, so tell us exactly what does that mean to us as a company? Okay, put it back on the screen, please, Mr. Boothman. Right, <laughs> National Diversity Awards, ITV News supported. <laughs> and um, your your Manchester your Manchester Media Limited is put in the uh, diverse company category. This is massive. They had almost twenty three thousand nominations. Not all nominations get through, so it's fantastic that we've got through for twenty twenty two diverse company. We have sixty uh, percent LGBTQ, twenty five percent black asian minority ethnic we have 25 percent female if not more actually 33 percent female so we are really really diverse and 25 percent neurodiverse in the your manchester team all guests all team members are welcome and we thank them all because we we're talking about star wars today have you ever watched star wars I have, but I'm not a big fan. No, you're not a big fan. You're not big... All right, shush. Never no. mind. <laughs> right, so my, my, little, my little tangible link there was the fact that we were talking... About, mm, this is going well. We were talking about uh, princesses. Princess Leia, of course, was in there. Yeah. Have you got the sound effects still there, by the way? <clears throat> I was, of course, at the beginning of the show, Chewbacca. Yeah. <laughs> right, there you go. Uh, of course, we've had we've had we've had a, a wonderful lady in Manchester. We have we have had the Duchess of Cornwall visited um, no. the Sick Festival today. Yeah. Oh, the yesterday or yes? Thank you. Yesterday or the day before? But anyway, the Duchess of Cornwall, Prince Charles's wife, second wife, yeah, um, visited second um, Manchester for the Sick Festival. A uh, very very serious subject is no. the fact that we have got these images on on sort of big plinths outside Manchester Central Library. All those images are of women that have experienced domestic abuse. Very bravely no. have got their photograph on there to um, shine a light on, you know, the amount of women from different backgrounds. We've also got another princess coming to visit us. Very um, so this, of course, is... Uh, the memorial garden for the 22 that died in the arena. Yes, yeah. So um, Princess Catherine is coming um, for that because it's it's there, but it's not had an official royal visit. No. And the anniversary is coming up, isn't it? Yeah. I think William's coming as well, isn't he? Oh, I do hope so. It'll be... Uh, It'd be lovely to sort of see them in the city and and um, and have them sort of you know open the memorial. I know lots of people have been there already, it's and uh, it's it's really it's a really serene place. I was just going to say because it's in a really busy part of town, yeah, yeah. you know, and mm -hmm. a really touristy part of town. Mm -hmm. It's such a peaceful. Have you seen it, Carl? Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's yeah. It's nice to walk around it. Yeah. We did a special episode, didn't we? We did a few years ago. Mm. Yeah. Uh, very very sad times, yeah. but. Um, 
it's nice that the Royals are getting behind this. Yeah, they are. Answer. They are. Yeah. You know, so um, and as and as you know, going back to um, Duchess of Cambridge, um, mm. the Duchess of Cornwall, her and I are good friends. Yes, that you sent me this today, <laughs> and I was a bit flabbergasted. <laughs> um, well, I, I wasn't. I wasn't um, old enough. I wasn't. Yeah, that's it. I wasn't <laughs> old enough uh, then. Um, I was asked. I was put on the team to do one of her very first royal visits and that was in chester and i had to lock down chester what personally <laughs> yeah yeah right. yeah yeah shut it off yeah. um and also as well the um, rsh show in um Knotsford right. as well and i did so i did two royal visits one with charles and one without charles but she was she was very nervous but she was really really lovely because of course the public were not great with her so um so it was to so build up her confidence um but it was a great royal visit got to hold a handbag and i made her build a brick wall <laughs> i took her to see some young offenders who were learning brick you've laying got, you've got to finish that off did you look inside the handbag no it's too small oh. <laughs> too small <laughs> nothing in there i think it's i think just it just had a, i think it had a late a, a lacy hanky and a lipstick anyway everybody next week you're here again <laughs> oh yeah yeah like a bad penny so um <laughs> May the 8th, everybody, is Victory in Europe Day, and that's on the Sunday, and it's the 77th anniversary of Victory in Europe. So on our Wednesday show, I've got Tinkerbell. We're going, she's going to be a land girl next week. There she is. Oh, Hayley and I. I'm going to try and find a uniform and squeeze myself into a uniform. Is that my new nickname? Yeah, Tinkerbell, that's your new nickname. It's not going to squeeze myself into a uniform, is it? <laughs> It's going to be themed. We're going to have like we're going to have a tea pot. We're going to have like a bit of a tea party. But we're also (laughs) we're also going to find out what you're doing for Victory in Europe Day. And I want you to send your information in on what you're doing for the Queen's Jubilee next month. We want to get sorted. We want to get organised so we can get down there and um, join you in your celebration for the Queen's. Ju- platinum jubilee platinum jubilee yeah i know oh, and i know the day was 1945 and the platinum jubilee was 1952 but it's got the same vibe it the same community you, spirit no. i just want to say because um, i'm also a celebrant as well as an actor and i'm conducting a funeral for a man um, called Harold Jones in a few weeks. Now, he lived in Clayton. This is as much I know at the moment. He lived in Clayton for 10 years, 2011 to 2018. So I'm looking for people that know him or knew him, friends, family, anyone like that who can actually come to the service. Because at the moment, people are saying that he doesn't have any family or friends um, with us. So if anyone out there knows Harold Jones, he was 74, he passed away in February and his funeral's in a couple of weeks. Please, please let me know. Today's episode of Your Manchester has been powered by Talk Talk's Future Fibre, which is up to 23 times faster than standard broadband, proving that some things in life are better faster. Future Fibre is now available here in Manchester. To find out more, search Talk Talk Future Fibre, subject to local availability. Mm-hmm.